Hey there, I'm Grace. And I'm Amelia. And welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors. If you're like Amelia and I, and you know you're ready to seriously scale your business, but you feel like you don't have the systems and processes down to do so, then listen up because SOP Bootcamp is for you. Jay Morales will help you organize your business, systems, and processes like a true CEO. I'm going through this same process for my own business, and I couldn't recommend it more. Jay will help you create SOPs for repeatable business tasks, implement them into a new process, improve any existing processes, and continually look for ways to optimize your business. You can choose if you want a done-with-you model with a small group or a completely hands-off, done-for-you model. So stop playing it small and take your mom-and-pop operation to a real business where you're the empowered CEO. Sign up today at womeninvestinrealestate.com backslash SOP. Welcome back to The Wire Podcast. You're just in time to catch our three-part series on how to organize your business like a CEO with Jay Morales. I've known Jay online for two plus years now, and we recently got to hang out with her at our Charlotte Wire retreat where we had so much fun and realized how much of a boss Jay is at all things SOPs and working on the business, not in it. So today we're going to dive into Jay's story and then talk about what SOPs are and how to use them for your business. Welcome, Jay. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Amelia and Grace, for having me on the podcast. Like Grace said, my name is Jay. I am a creative finance investor, and I also specialize in rent to own. But what I love to do is the background of the business. Although it's not sexy for some people, it is fun for me, and it makes my business go so much smoother. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it. Yay, we are so happy to be here. And I just want to say it's so funny when you meet people in person versus like knowing them online, because first of all, this is a podcast, so you can't see Jay, but she's absolutely gorgeous, super smart. I was like, I wonder what she's going to be like in person. And she's like so funny, so relatable. So just like you want to be her best friend. So I totally like when I went into the retreat, even though I'm the host, I'm like, man, I wonder what Jay's going to be like in person. And then you were like, so amazing. better than I ever could have expected. So, and so willing to share your knowledge, which is why we're so happy to have you on the podcast. So first of all, Jay, why don't you give us like a background on where you live, where you invest, how you got started investing, and then we can go from there. Absolutely. So uh, we currently live in Philadelphia and we invest throughout the whole state of Pennsylvania, but we like to keep it a little bit centric, getting closer to Philadelphia now. And we started right out of, not right out of college. I'd say that once we got out of college, we started looking around at Philadelphia and seeing all the gentrification that was going on and working corporate jobs. I was a real estate paralegal and he was an accountant. We were like, this isn't it. We wanted to get out of the corporate world. We wanted to make extra cash. We had goals, aspirations. And so we were like, okay, let's do this. Any other investor would. We went to an agent and got our first single family here in Philly, but quickly realized that, okay, we're not going to scale this as quickly as we thought if we have to save three, five, 10, 20% for a down payment. So we started looking around and we came across creative financing and creative financing really has allowed us to buy homes with little to no money. And although right now, what we primarily do is wholesale. So we can cherry pick the investments that we want to keep. That's what we do. We do wholesale, not only cash, but you can wholesale creative deals, which I feel like a lot of people don't know. And then we also have a goal to make a business out of it. So we do have some employees, but we 
want to grow this a little bit bigger than it is. And for a lot of people that don't know, our business is called Roman for Homes. Roman is not money. And Roman is our dog. The reason we named our business Roman for Homes is because we found our dog Roman the streets of Philadelphia. So that's a little bit about me. So I remember when you just started out because we started doing real estate at like the same time and I knew you from the mentorship that we were in. How did you stumble upon creative financing? And then what was that moment that you were like, oh crap, this is really powerful. So we were just going to, at the time COVID hit, so we were going to Zoom meetings, free Zoom meetings between, I believe the group was called Like-Minded Investors. We attended and we found our coaches. For me, it was like, done deal. This is definitely something that I want to do. I was a little skeptical at first because it's an unconventional way of investing. He's a Philly girl. She's skeptical. She's also a Puerto Rican. (laughs) Yeah, she don't take no shit. She wasn't sure what we were getting ourselves into here (laughs) but I said wow you can buy a house for I mean depending on the area three four five thousand and not have to come with 15 20 30 thousand or more I was like let's do it and obviously I, I looked into it because I was a real estate paralegal and lo and behold on the HUD you know it said you can do this and there are attorneys out there I you know found an attorney that does it for us so I was like yeah So we went, we jumped right into the mentorship and wouldn't regret it at all. That's awesome. So I would love to know what your first ever wholesale deal looked like, how you found it, everything like that, because people really like to know the nitty gritty details. And then we can go into, okay, after you did your first deal, you were like, oh, this is a lot. Let's set up some standard operating procedures and we can get into that whole process. So what did that first deal look like? So the first deal was actually cash. And I believe we got it under contract for, I want to say like, 75 and we ended up selling it for like it was a small assignment fee i think it was just like five thousand um we got our first wholesale cash deal at the same time we got our first creative deal within the same month but yeah it was very small we didn't want to keep it it was very rural we didn't really dabble into the rent to own side of things yet and the house needed work so we said let's wholesale it let's you know sell the contract to another investor and make a fee for finding the deal. How did you find it and how did you outsource it? Just really quick. So we found it off of Marketplace. A little nugget, we went into Facebook Marketplace and filtered all of the area like Pennsylvania between new listings. So then we scrolled all the way to the bottom and started from the bottom up, just reaching out to people saying, hey, do you still have this for sale? And that's how we stumbled across it. And then, yeah, we just wholesaled it to someone. Again, we found them on Facebook in a group. They were interested in the area. They invested in the area and they took it. Awesome. And another point that we haven't even talked about is to be very clear, Jay and Mike do this full time. This is their full time business. And you guys actually went full time like pretty quickly. Can you touch on what that was like? So I believe it was within a year, we went full time. Once we started cranking our leads, our lead flow and COVID ended, we were like, okay, we either go back to work because they were saying you have to come back to work or we jump in and dive into what we've worked for and not let it go literally down the drain. So we both looked at each other. I believe we quit in the same month and 
we don't regret it at all. We've been this past June, we were one year, no W2s and wouldn't look back, wouldn't change a thing. (laughs) Congratulations. It's such a freeing feeling being able Mm -hmm. to work for yourself. Nobody can tell you what to do. You don't have to ask for vacations. It's just like the best feeling ever. And now you have two businesses, which we'll touch on. And I feel like, like what you're saying, Amelia, with the freedom, there's so many opportunities and doors that will open that you don't see when you're working a full-time job because you don't have the energy, you don't have the time, you don't have, you don't get to sit around and think about your dreams and how to get them into action and how to build a business off of it. And now that you've been full-time for over a year, I bet you're doing things that you did not think that you would be doing a year ago, which is so exciting. Oh yeah. The crazy part was that we quit. And then we went to Puerto Rico to see my grandparents and spent a whole month in Puerto Rico working remotely. And no one could tell us when we had to log off or which was amazing. We got work done when we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Last question about quitting financially for people who are listening, their question is always like, okay, where were you financially? Did you quit because you had replaced your income or was it a little bit of a jump for you guys? I know for me, it was definitely a jump. I did not wait till I made my income. I I quit way before that. And looking back, I'm like, that was probably not a good idea, but it worked out. We definitely quit, took the jump. We were, we did not have that many doors to supplement our income. We relied solely on wholesaling, but we reverse engineered it. We said, okay, if we do X amount of deals at X amount of assignment fee, then you know, this will sustain one, the business and two, us. So that's what we did. So cool. So, okay, let's get into standard operating procedures, which is your bread and butter. It's what you're amazing at. It's what's helped you scale so rapidly, I think, and really be organized and treat wholesaling like a business. That's one thing that I wanted to mention here. There's so many wholesalers out there that get bad raps, that aren't professional, that they think anyone can do it and not have to put any effort into it. And Jay and Mike are very ethical wholesalers. They do things by the book. They're very organized organized. I love that about you guys. You really treat it like a business, which a lot of people don't. So congratulations on that. But would you be able to tell us what an SOP is? That's what I'm going to refer to them from here on out, standard operating procedure SOP. And what does it do for your business? Absolutely. So standard operating procedure is basically a step-by-step guide on how to do either a task or a process that you know, your employee or yourself, or if your spouse is working with you. So you guys are consistently doing the task the same way and nothing gets missed. So basically it, one, helps you hire someone when they come into your business and make sure that they're doing it and have checkpoints the correct way. And you can always have something to reference back. And two, it just, like I said, allows you to have consistency consistency throughout the business so that if there is something that is going wrong or you're lagging at, you can kind of look at what is called like a gap between your employees. So say from your acquisitionists, these are people that bring in the leads, kind of sift through them to your dispositionists, people who find the investors. If there's a gap in between 
them talking or the process, you can quickly identify it and create a process for it. Mm -hmm. In one place, my mind always goes as a real estate investor and not to be morbid, but I always think about if something happened to me, it would be a whole big shit show for someone to figure out what the heck is going on in my business. And so a little insight about me after hanging out with Jay for a weekend at the Charlotte retreat in May, I have been trying to do a deep dive on doing all these SOPs for my business so that hopefully the goal is if something did happen to me or I just decided, you know what, I'm done working. Everybody, I'm hiring all of this out. Somebody could come in read through all of these and know how to run my business. So even if you have one or two doors, it's important. It is so important. So what other things would you say to somebody who's like, okay, I have two properties. I might not ever be a full-time investor. Why should I be listening? So I love to give the example of, okay, you may have one or two properties, but someone comes to you and says, hey, I have this multifamily, five units, 10 units, 20 units. And I want to partner with you and you don't have your SOPs in place, such as how to screen a tenant the way that you want them to screen a tenant or how to file for a rental license in the city that you're investing or the town that you're investing. Now you've got to scramble to do all of this yourself and you don't, you can't hire someone out or you can, but then like you said, it's a shit show. So I love to give that example because a lot of people ask me like, when should I do SOPs? And the answer is when you start your business that you're doing repetitive tasks or something repetitively, document it, put it down because it's going to be helpful in the future for yourself or whoever you hire. You can even start with an SOP at purchasing a property. Like what's the pro? Because I know Grace and I both do this. We always forget to switch utilities. I was going to say, when are you going to bring that up? <laughs> into our name. And like, I always forget to like have insurance like when I close and then I have to call my agent and be like, I need insurance on this property Can for you yesterday. Can you it? <laughs> yeah, like it's like, why am I always forgetting that? I've literally purchased a dozen properties or more at this point. So start even documenting how you purchase a property, what steps you're taking so that you don't forget stuff and you don't have to reinvent the wheel and rethink everything every single time that you do something. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of decision fatigue. And I hate when I find myself twiddling my thumb thinking, okay, I bought a property. What's my next step? No, I need to have the the stupid list already there. So I go step by step and I make sure, like you said, Amelia, that I don't forget to turn the water on or set up the auto pay for my water. That's something that I did on the last place I purchased. And the tenant got a nice notice saying, hey, the water's going to get shut off because you haven't paid the bill. Because I think every, I operate everything on auto pay. So if I miss an auto pay, I don't ever go look at my bills to make sure that they're being auto paid. So even little stuff like that, that just says, here's all the things, don't forget them. Absolutely. So let's move into how do you start an SOP? What does it kind of look like? And how do you use it? And then let's go into even as a beginner investor, what are the most important three SOPs, let's say that you can have? So starting with how do you even start an SOP? And then how do you use it? So I always like to say, do a checklist of whatever process you're looking at. So say you are looking at, okay, what is my rental license procedure? So then from, you know, get closing documents to, you know, get application from this website and you link the website to send in XYZ, just bulletin point it out first and then start linking and meeting that out so that it has all of the 
details that someone else would need to be able to complete the process. I think that's the best way to start. I always like to say like, if you have a system, say a CRM, always make sure you have SOPs for how to use that system because someone else, you're not going to just throw them in and say, okay, here, upload this tenant and do X, Y, Z. Well, how do you do that? Then you're going to have to sit there and teach them how to upload a tenant to your portal. So things like that, like start with your systems first and then really meet out the process with bulletin points. So what was the very first SOP that you did? Do you remember? It was actually for my VA. So running the script, I think that because I did it honestly ass backwards, I hired someone and then I was like, oh shit, I need an SOP. I need to teach them how to do this. I can't just have them come on and here you read my mind. It doesn't work. So I actually ended up making an SOP of like, here's how you log in to the system. Here's how you use this system. These are the areas that you're going to be working in. This is the, we have her run a script. This is the script that you're going to run. Explain to the sellers. The yes, to the sellers. Explaining the psychology behind the script and why we ask certain questions. What to do in an instance where say the seller stops talking or stops answering you. What to say, how to get them back on the hook, stuff like that. You have to really play out all the scenarios when you're hiring someone. And of course, they're going to have more questions. And an SOP is always evolving. But that is something that, again, you're just continuously going to update as you go, as things change in your business. I think that that's such a good point for those listening. You said, Jay, it's always evolving. I bet a lot of people are thinking like, oh my God, how do I create this big fancy document? When in reality, it's just start. And every time you find yourself doing something on your computer that re that relates to it, open it and then just put in, maybe it starts as just bullet points, put in those bullet points of what you're doing. And that's what I really started doing the last month is Everything that I'm doing on my computer, I try to have the equivalent SOP open and I'm adding all my steps. Even the stuff that seems super obvious to me, I have to remember it's not going to be me at some point. And so that leads me to a question for you, kind of a selfish question is you looked over some of my SOPs the other day. You sent me so much information over all these different things to do. And I'm not even like a student of yours. You were just being really nice and being a good friend and telling me all, all these things. One thing that we talked about is chunking out SOPs. And basically that's where I get really confused. So what advice do you have when it comes, like you're talking about acquisitions and running the script? That sounds like a huge SOP. How do you know when to create a different SOP or when to chunk it out? I like to put, like I mentioned, like how to use a system. When you really think about it, that's one that's chunked out, but you're going to need that how to upload a tenant, then from that tenant, how to upload their lease, then from that, then you have to send them a recurring task of, I don't know, billing them monthly if your system doesn't do that. So like you should chunk those out and then put it all together into, okay, onboarding a new tenant. Does that make sense? Yes. And I actually love that you bring up onboarding a new tenant because for me, as someone who self-manages and still doesn't have an SOP for onboarding tenants, I just have it all up here in this noggin. I'm like, but I'm at that stage where I'm in talks with someone to do what Grace did and bring them on as an internal property manager. And I'm like, okay, here's all the things that I need to write down that are up here in my head. Like, here's where I post the listing. Here's, here's the welcome. Welcome packet and here's how I update it. 
And then after the welcome packet, these are just brainstorming ideas for you if you're self-managing and you're not doing this. Sending a one-week follow-up check-in that's like, hey, is there anything wrong with the property? Did you get all moved in? Did you make sure to change utilities? This, this, and this. Like having all of that in a checklist so I no longer have to keep it up here in this big old noggin Mm -hmm. of mine and I can just have it as a checklist so things don't Mm -hmm. get missed. So that I think is a good one for a beginner looking to get started if you're self-managing. It's just like, how do you onboard a tenant? That's super easy. Just write it in your notes app and get started from that way. One thing I'll add to with the SOPs is always make sure you define definitions that may not be obvious to other people. Just making it crystal clear for the person. Like they may not know, for example, my VA didn't know what a mortgage was. So I had to explain to her what a mortgage was. Basically just a lien on the property. What is a lien? A lien is just debt that's owed and a mortgage is just a type of lien. So things like that, just kind of thinking about those things too is really important. So now when you look at your business, because you're obviously, you've got two businesses going on, you have your real estate, you have your SOP coaching. What does your lineup of SOPs look like? Like how, how many would you say that you have? In my personal business? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. I want to say at least nearing maybe 50 to 75, because it's a, like I said, you start creating SOPs on on different sides and some come up first than others for transaction coordinating. There's at least 20 to 30 for my VA. We're working on those still. That's at least another 20. It's always evolving. And as you add more people, like when you start divvying up the people um, and their responsibilities, they start adding up. And it may seem like a lot, but again, these are things that I honestly started SOPs for our rental when we were, we still are self-managing, but I used to just make, you know, step one, do this, step two, do that, step three, do that. And I never thought of definitions or anything like that. It wasn't until my VA, but I did start that early on. So actually, Jay, you really have at least three businesses. You have your wholesaling, you have your rental portfolio, which are properties that you keep, and Mm -hmm. then you have your SOP program. So, I mean, yeah, you've got a lot going on. So 50 to 75 across all those seems more like, okay, it's not like she has an SOP for waking up in the morning and doing her morning routine <laughs> type of thing, which I was going to, do you have an SOP for your daily life? Like, <laughs> no, but okay. So let's kind of wrap it up. If someone's a beginner, I mentioned like tenant management, but what are like two other SOPs that you would say are super important for someone just getting started out, even if they only have one or two properties? That's a good question. Besides like tenant, you know, what's the process? Like a lot of people think that you have to go to an attorney every single time to create your LLC. So say you, you know, this depends on your structure, obviously discuss with an attorney, but say you want to create a LLC for every rental property, you can file that on your own based off of, you know, maybe looking at what you got done previously for from like, say a a filing agent or an attorney, you can just look at what they did and do it yourself. And you don't have to pay these extra legal fees. So maybe making an SOP for that, if that's how you want to save some money, that's another good one. What else? This is a really good question. One that comes to my head is maintenance because I have an internal PM and still every time there's a maintenance request, it's there's not a streamlined process. This is the first step. This is the first person to reach out. If not, go here. If not, do this. And so 
that's something that needs to be very high on my priority list to get that all straightened out so that I make sure a things aren't taking forever to get solved or I'm not missing things. And then tenants become unhappy when you don't fix things. And also that I'm doing it quick and for a good price. I'm not just paying huge sums of money to get stupid things fixed. I will say in accounting, accounting is a huge one. You need to have that one really streamlined from day one. Because if you get audited, you need your receipts. So what does that look like for you? Are you doing it digitally or are you keeping all of your receipts in like say bins, whatever that looks like for you. Um, yeah, that's a that's big a one. Hu- that's a huge one. And that's applicable. Literally, if you have one property, mm-hmm. you should have an SOP for your bookkeeping and have that lined out. I still don't. I- I'm terrible at SOPs, you guys. Just a little side note, if you haven't picked up on that. (laughs) Side note, so was I, which is why I've spent the last month and a half like really digging deep into it. And that's why I wanted to bring you on, Jay, is because for people who are listening, seriously, if you're like, this doesn't really apply to me, it does. Like it does so much. And if you listen to the podcast, you've probably heard me say that it took me a year to get caught up on my bookkeeping because I had, uh, yeah, uh, Jay, you, you haven't heard that, heard <laughs> I'm, that <good>. story? <laughs> I'm having an internal heart attack right now. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. It was a year long heart attack for me. And it's because I didn't have any process when I started. I grew quickly. I always put it on the back burner, but the thing about bookkeeping is it never stops. Same with maintenance or tenant management, like that never stops. There's never an end date. And so it just keeps growing and growing where if I just would have taken a little bit of time at the very beginning to make sure I had some systems down and some very simple SOPs, I would have saved thousands of dollars and probably a year of headache. So it does matter. Absolutely. Okay. So if people want to find you outside of this podcast, where can they find you? And we'll also have this linked in the show notes, but why don't you give us a little shout out here? Absolutely. So I am Roman with Jay on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm just Jay Morales. And our website is romanscreativeacademy.podia.com. You'll be able to see everything that you know we provide. I will say this, you can download our free SOP template on there. So feel free to check that out. And yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to have Jay back for two more episodes to really do more of a deep dive. So stick around for those. But thank you for this introductory episode. We are so appreciative of you and you're so helpful. So we just love you so much. Thanks, I love you guys too. (laughs) Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at wirewithtwoeyes.community.